Good morning, Lynn. Welcome to everyone. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. Please say hello in the chat. And if you're visiting from another ethical society or another Unitarian Universalist congregation, please give a shout out to that as well. If you want to share your messages with everyone, please be sure that your chat settings are for everyone. This is a good time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting, then settle into a comfy seat with your beverage of choice as we continue to gather. Morning, Brian. Morning, Leanne. Hello. And good morning to the Dakins, John and Abby. It is a gorgeous morning, Abby. I'm sitting out here. It's the third day in a row. It's terrific, brisk and cool and no humidity. Hi, Sarah. Good morning. And good morning to Shirley as well. Welcome. Remember everyone, if you want to put your comments in the chat box, be sure that it goes to everyone so we can all read it. Lynn says, um, I'm looking out of the window at the playground at West, where we've just had a lovely meetup with families in preschool through second grade. Wonderful news. Good morning, Vincent. Nice to see you here today. And good morning also to Perry. As we continue to gather, please um, uh, say hello in the chat. If you're visiting from another ethical society or another Unitarian Universalist congregation, please give us a shout out 
to that as well. If you want to share your messages with everyone, please be sure that your chat settings are set to everyone. Uh, and this is, of course, a good time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting and then settle in to a comfy seat with your beverage of choice as we continue to gather. Morning, Jeff, and good morning to Khalid. Christine, good morning to you as well. Hi, Donna, welcome. <clears throat> Good morning, Laura. Beautiful day today. Hi, Ed. Good morning to you as well. Peter, Joel, good morning to you. Hi, Adam, welcome. Morning, Sue. Okay, time to get started, I think. <clears throat> Welcome to everybody again. Our opening words today uh, are from Leah Ongiri. This is the season of repair, a time to reflect on how we might endure when life tears at us. We are held by the great book of life in which it is written that we will inevitably face deprivation and discomfort, longing and forgiveness. Each among us must contemplate our own place in it all. As those of us in relationship with Judaism mark the high holy days, our hearts fill with hope and fear, turning and settling mystery and agency, accountability and acceptance. Let us gather today in somber celebration of our shared humanity 
and our personal power. Come, let us gather in community. We begin today's platform with music from our guest, Seth Keibel, accompanied by Sean Lane.
Washington Ethical Society. It is great to be with you once again, albeit virtually. My name is Seth Keibel. With me today is my good friend and fabulous pianist, Sean Lane. And we open today with a traditional klezmer melody that dates back to the old country called A Nacht in Gan Eiden, which translated from the Yiddish into English means a night in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> wow, that was some joyful music. Sets us in a good spirit for this morning. Good morning again, and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Rajesh Vidyasaga. My pronouns are he, him, and I am the officiant this morning. Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Someone will put that link in the chat and we hope you will join us after this platform service at virtual coffee hour for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. Closed captioning is also available and you can turn that off or on as you prefer. <clears throat> Each week we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at the end uh, at, the, at tiny.co forward slash read SOP. Our reader this morning is Susan Runner, a longtime member of WES and a current member of the Senior Leader Search Committee. We'll hear more from Susan later in the platform about the search committee. For now, I'll turn it over to her to read the statement of purpose. Thank you. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly welcome you to our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Susan. If you have a candle at home, I invite you now to light it as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. May it be so. Thank you, Susan, and thank you, Rajesh. Good morning. My name is Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them. I am the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. This is an imaginative tale created and shared by Jewish storytellers for this season of the turning of the year. The authors, Panina Schramm and Rachel Eckstein Davis, originally published it in a storytelling anthology and then later in a picture book. So there's a character in this story named God Yet, we can approach the story as we would any other imaginative or mythical tale, 
Just like stories about Persephone or Anana or Frog and Toad, our focus moves from the literal events to the heart meaning of the story, the perspectives and emotions of the characters and how they resonate for us in our own lives. I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. In a great oak forest where the trees drew tall and majestic, in a small clearing, there was a little apple tree. And from where she stood, the little apple tree could not see any others of her kind. And so she felt alone. Winter came. And as the snow fell to the forest floor, it covered the branches of the little apple tree. The forest was quiet and peaceful. And one night, the little apple tree looked up in the sky and saw between the branches of the other trees, bright stars in the sky. And the stars seemed to be hanging on the branches of the oak trees. Well, God often wandered through this forest at night and stopped by to listen to the little apple tree. And she said, how lucky those oak trees are to have such beautiful stars hanging on their branches. I want more than anything in the world to have stars on my branches, just like the oak trees have. Then I would feel truly special. God replied gently, have patience. Have patience, little apple tree. Well, time passed. The snows melted and the spring came to the land. Tiny white and pink apple blossoms appeared on the branches of the little apple tree. And birds came to rest on its branches. And people walked by the little apple tree and admired its blossoms. All summer long, the apple tree continued to grow and the branches of the tree formed a canopy overhead as they filled with leaves. But night after night, the little apple tree looked up at the sky with the millions and millions of stars and cried out, oh God, I want more than anything in the world to have stars in my tree and on my branches and in my leaves, just like the oak trees. God said, you already have gifts. Isn't it enough to have shade to offer people and fragrant blossoms and branches for birds to nest on so that they can sing you their song? The apple tree sighed and answered simply, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but I want to be special. I do appreciate how much pleasure I give to others, but what I really want more than anything in the world is to have stars not blossoms in my branches. Then I would feel truly special. God smiled and answered, have patience, little apple tree. Well, the seasons changed again and soon the apple tree was filled with many beautiful apples and people walked in the forest and whoever saw the apple tree would reach up and pick an apple and eat it. And still, when night came to the forest, the apple tree looked at the stars and the oak trees and called out, I want more than anything in the world to have stars on my branches. Then I would feel truly special. And God asked, but apple tree, isn't it enough that you now have such wonderful apples to offer people? Doesn't that satisfy you? Doesn't that give you enough pleasure and make you feel special? Without saying a word, the apple tree answered by sadly swaying from side to side. <laughs> 
Well, at that moment, a wind blew and the great oak trees began to sway and the apple tree began to shake. And from the top of the apple tree, an apple fell. And when it hit the ground, it split open. Look, said God, look inside yourself. What do you see? And the little apple tree looked down and saw that right in the middle of the apple, there was a star. A star. I have a star. And God laughed a gentle laugh and added, so you do have stars on your branches. They've been there all along. You just didn't know it. So usually when we cut open an apple, we hold the stem at the top and kind of slice through that way. But in order to find the star, we must turn the apple on its side. So if we change our direction a little bit, we too can find the spark that ignites the star inside each of us. The stars are right there within each one of us and in each person we meet. Look carefully, look closely, and you'll find your beautiful star. So ends the story. As we move into the centering time of our platform, let's reflect on the ways a change in perspective can help us find strength and resilience for moving into the unknown. Each week, we ring this chime in, in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the 20th anniversary of the tragedy that struck our country on September 11th, 2001, and the terrible consequences around the world that followed from it. As we listen to the chime, let us remember the people who lost their lives on September 11th, 2001, our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. As we continue with our time of contemplation, I invite you to pay attention to your breath. Notice the feeling of taking in a nourishing breath, cherishing that breath within you, and releasing it into the world. Be present with the sensation of breathing as fully and easily as your body can. And notice in your body where you're carrying tension Send some love to those areas. Notice where you ache, where you can feel yourself healing, where you have ease and peace. Breathe in and out as you experience this moment right where you are. If your experience of this moment is touched by a painful long ago memory, Notice it and give thanks for what it brings you before you let it go. 
This might be a moment when you remember anniversaries of 10 or 20 years, times of loss or of protest or of grief and fear over new waves of identity-based conflict and violence. Give thanks for the respect for humans and their lives that gives rise to those feelings. Feel rooted in the care of this community and its humanist values. If you are able to let go of some amount of anger or resentment or fear that has been lingering for a decade or two, release those things and return your attention to your breathing. We breathe in and out, balanced on the cusp of the turning of the year. A new school year begins, a new program year begins for Wes. Our Jewish friends are in the midst of the days of awe. The fall equinox is approaching soon. We can choose to an extent what to bring across the threshold and what to leave behind. At this delicate turning, let us rest here, noticing the potential for change, breathing in and out. If your experience of this moment is touched by a recent memory of a hurt or a misunderstanding or of a conflict, notice it and give thanks for what it brings you before you let it go. Take a moment to appreciate boundaries, which are necessary for life. Take a moment to appreciate relationships, even though they must always be between fallible people. This might be a time to remember the humanity of someone with whom you are in difficulty. Hold their personhood, their dignity and worth in your mind and heart. And without dismissing the impact of their hurtful choices or your own, hold the knowledge of each person's three-dimensional, multifaceted, complex life in your consciousness. Perhaps healing or reconciliation or amends are possible. Perhaps they are not. Yet resentment need not overshadow or get in the way of these possibilities. Breathe in and out with loving kindness for all who are touched by interpersonal conflict. Return your attention to your breathing, to your body and your breath in this very moment. Breathe in, cherish that breath within you, release that breath into the world. If your experience of this moment is touched by feelings of shame or self-criticism, Notice those feelings and give thanks for the goals and aspirations they indicate. And for the people who you love, who you wish you could shield from hurt before you let those feelings of shame go. We strive to bring out the best in each other and therefore in ourselves. Our very striving means we will sometimes fall short. We remain thankful for the encouragement to grow and to appreciate difference and to become better as people and as a community. Hold your own humanity in your mind and heart. Breathe in and out with loving kindness for yourself. Return your attention to your breathing, to your body and your breath in this very moment. Breathe in, cherish that breath within you release that breath into the world. We continue our meditation in silence, 
and in the music that follows. Daydream by Billy Strayhorn.
daydream. That was lovely. Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, began last Monday evening. Yom Kippur begins this Wednesday evening and continues through Thursday. As you may know, I have an interfaith family and my kids are Jewish. On Tuesday, we took our kids to a nearby creek for a high holidays practice called Tashlik. And the idea with Tashlik is to let go of your past mistakes or things that you're stuck on by casting them into the water, thus freeing yourself to start fresh. Bread stands in for the mistakes or resentments or experiences you are casting away as you release the past. And as we stood beside the creek, I thought about the kinds of mistakes that I get into when I'm anxious. I can be impatient and cranky with others, make rash decisions, or fail to show up for someone who needs me. And every year I commit to trying not to yell at my children as often. And I think I will probably miss the mark again, but maybe I can make little improvements. The practice of Tashlik helps me acknowledge my mistakes and make amends for them rather than dwell on them. We've included the children in this ritual every year since they were born and each time they're a little older and we can explain a little more and hear more about their ideas. The year completes a cycle and yet we add something and have a new perspective with each go round. In the past, we would bring a snack like PB&J sandwiches as well as bread to release in the water. And this year we did not bring a snack. We went right after lunch and it was a quick trip, but it was still hard to let go of the bits of bread without having something else in hand to replace it. The year when the kids were two, when we talked about what we were done with or wanted to do better, one of them said, we have our own bread. And probably what my kid meant was that snack is the most memorable part of any ritual. If I read into it, the comment evokes some thoughts about what we emotionally release and what we keep. There are some thoughts and feelings that feed us the peanut butter and jelly of our contemplative insights. And we hold on to those. Without having something else that nourishes us, letting go of the things we're letting go of is even more difficult. On the other hand, some things don't do us any good to ruminate on, but naming those experiences and releasing them out into the world might be a benefit to someone else, like a fish in the creek feasting on bread. When there's a chance for reconciliation, mistakes become learning experiences. We name our mistakes and turn aside from them so that we can all gain wisdom and experience as a group. And I will note to concerned birders, we're aware that ducks should not eat a lot of bread until we only cast away a small amount. Another high holidays tradition is to wish for each other to be inscribed and sealed in the book of life. Now the old fashioned long ago image is of a giant ledger of rights and wrongs open for updating during the high holidays. And I've modified that for my own contemplation. I think of the book of life as an ongoing story. And that's how my colleague Leah Angiri from our opening reading interprets it as well. The book of life is the fact of our interdependent variable existence in which we are likely to experience discomfort, longing and forgiveness. 
One of the ways we know we're working with life is when we recognize flow and change. Biological life is ongoing, persistent, dynamic, and a little bit chaotic. When someone tells me, may you be inscribed in the book of life, what I receive, what I hear is, may you be an active participant in a story about positive change. And may it be so for all of us. Although I do celebrate the Jewish holidays at home, and I know some others here do as well, the larger question for all of us as a community is what do we learn this time of year that resonates with our shared values and tradition? A few ideas come up. Return to sources of strength and resilience. Maintain a practice of reflection or contemplation. Connect with and care for what is best in each other. I think if we can do these things, we can write our stories into an ongoing, thriving book of life. Return, practice, connect. The metaphor of turning is a strong theme in the Jewish High Holidays. That can mean turning toward a deeper life or returning to a direction congruent with your values or turning toward sources of strength and resilience. Turning is the literal meaning of the word teshuva, the practice of repair and reconciliation at this time of year. We turn toward life. Turning or returning doesn't mean retreating into comfort to hide from the pain of the world. It means remembering the resources that empower us to connect with our sources of strength and inspiration, that empower us to address suffering, that empower us to confront evil. And there is a lot of suffering to work with in the world right now. I can tell you that some of the evil is in my own heart. I work to try and keep it from having the last word, but it is there. And so is heartbreak. Maybe you are in the same boat. In the next circle outward, there is pain among families and communities. In between people in relationship, there are always broken places that need attention. It takes energy to return to a place of pain in a relationship, to acknowledge the hurt, and to make repairs. Sometimes people can't stop harming the ones who love them, and we have to set boundaries and love them from afar. And that hurts in a different way. And then there's evil in the world. There are natural disasters and the humans who make them worse with climate change and careless stewardship, and the human mistakes of neglecting disaster relief. There are world leaders who incite rather than prevent war. There are threats to the safety and well-being of those who can't count on being served or protected by our government. There is pain within, among, and beyond us, and it can be overwhelming. And sometimes we do turn away. We are diverted by the illusion of escape through busyness or numbing or denial. The practice is to return again, to come back to the path of healing. We seek the truth and we speak the truth in love. And the truth is that humanity has a lot of work to do before we can dwell together in peace with the earth thriving in beauty and all her people as one. And yet there is another truth. Returning to the liberating communities and values and forces that care for life also means reconnecting with sources of strength and resilience. We return to each other. 
Together, we reconstruct our relationship with love and with our beloveds. I can imagine that the enormity of the world's grief makes it tempting to avoid community and all of the places where people might ask you how you are feeling. Return anyway. Commit to resilience. Returning to communities that are dedicated to repairing the world reconnects us with a history and a present moment full of people who witness to the transforming power of love. Returning to the path means remembering ancestors who imagined that we would someday be here with these opportunities. Returning means joining with companions who will hold us up as we travel together toward hope. When we return, we remember that we are not alone. Something else we can do to align ourselves with the story of life, a story of change and growth, is to maintain a contemplative or reflective practice. A contemplative practice is something you do regularly that brings you back to your center and keeps you accountable to your deepest values. There is an old saying that we see things not as they are, but as we are. It is helpful then to clear out that mirror of perception, to try to get as close as we can to being grounded when we are taking stock of the world around us. And that's one of the reasons we include meditation in every platform. We believe in our power as humans to change and grow and adapt. And it is my experience that a regular reflective practice of openness and gratitude makes it easier to see solutions and opportunities to grow when they come along. Members of West demonstrate a number of examples of contemplative or reflective practices. Some of you meet on Mondays with the mindfulness group. Some of you do yoga or stretching in a group in person when it's safe enough or on Zoom if not, or in quiet solitude. Some of you have a serious routine of ambling through your neighborhood and really noticing what's around you and greeting the people you meet. Some of you get your hands into modeling clay or bread dough. There are a lot of embodied ways that help us to be here now, to quiet the fear or shame or anger that might affect how we perceive our lives. Part of my regular practice includes stretching and strength exercises, some of which I learned in physical therapy when my knees decided they were no longer interested in long distance running. As I stretch or lift or bend, I repeat phrases that help me remember that I am a person who needs to ask for help, sometimes. Help staying committed to peace, help finding perspective, help with healing, help with being energized, help making space to dream and create, help staying grounded in this very moment. I don't need to look further for that help than the love around me and the wisdom traditions that uphold me but I still need help. And if we're drawing inspiration from the days of awe, this is important because these are the days when people give and request accountability, amends, and when possible reconciliation. Being open to information about the times when we have made a mistake, even a small mistake, is a tough discipline. Too much ego or too much shame makes it hard to receive and act on that information. And we can get ready by being present in the here and now, rather than being lost in our own heads. Initiating a hard conversation with someone else when we are letting them know about a hurt is also risky. 
we are like the apple tree in the story, humble in our relative size and power, yet full of beauty and surprises. Each person is rooted in this earth, this earth that is so much larger than ourselves, and each person has stars inside them. Without this balanced perspective, fear or anger might lead us to think we are doomed or cursed or destined for isolation. A contemplative practice, something that keeps us grounded, can smooth out the impulses to say things that are always one way or never another way. A practice can calm the waves of what feels impossible and bring us back to the human scale where people, including ourselves, are capable of growth and change. Contemplative or reflective practices help us keep our inner tools handy for the challenges that come along. I believe that we can maintain our life-affirming, growth-encouraging resources by using them regularly. Whether your practice is meditation, mindful walking, yoga, baking, writing thank you notes, or something else, I believe that habits of the heart can help us find creative solutions. In Jewish wisdom, it is said that when one saves a life, one saves a world. Unitarian Universalists would say that we are part of an interdependent web. We know that the health of the whole depends on all of us. None of us are truly free until all of us are free. Our communities are stronger when more of us are fed and housed. Reaching out to someone who needs help has a positive ripple effect. Save a life, save a world. For humanists, the inherent worth and dignity of every person is a foundational value. If we believe that worth, we want to create a world where that worth can be honored. We want to create a world where each and every person can grow and have agency and participate in an ongoing story of joy, challenge, and repair. You may find that I speak frequently about caring for each other in community. That's not because I think something is missing at West. It's because serving a community constantly teaches me about caring, and I want to reflect that back. The talent and energy that is drawn forth from people here in the service of compassion is astounding. It matters. If you sent a card, brought a meal, showed up for a Zoom memorial service, sent an encouraging text message, it matters. These acts of kindness add up to sustain bodies and spirits. Save a life, save a world. What I'm asking here is that this community continues to practice compassion. Keep doing that and may others follow your example. Offer a kind word to care for someone's spirit and let that kindness ripple out to everyone they meet. Care for the physical and electronic entry points to this community, removing obstacles to others and broaden all of our pathways to wisdom. Care for each other so that we have the strength to find creative solutions in the year ahead. The Jewish high holidays and the fall equinox and the beginning of the school year may all call us back to this idea of starting over, of recommitting to our values, of seeing the big picture in our whole system. The turning seasons may set us in motion, calling us back to communities of justice and healing. The rhythms of the days and nights may inspire us to maintain a contemplative or reflective practice. 
The cooler weather may bring us together in outdoor gatherings, in close view of the spark of life and the flame of dignity that we care for in each other. May these changes help us to adapt in life-affirming ways. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. If you like, you can focus your sharing on this question. What are your sources for renewal? As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. For our response, we're going to play a popular Israeli song that's often sung uh, in and around Rosh Hashanah. Uh, but it's actually not part of the liturgy. In fact, the song isn't that old. It was written in 1970. Uh, but it's very appropriate uh, for Rosh Hashanah and the spirit of the holiday, and it's even more appropriate this year. Uh, we're not going to sing it. You're welcome. You should be grateful for that. Uh, but, but let me read you at least in part the translation of the lyrics. Next year, we will sit on the porch and count all the migrating birds. Children on vacation will play catch between the house and the fields. You will see, you will see how good it will be next year.
Wow, that was fun. Uh, this is the time when we add our own voices uh, to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You may like to consider the framing question uh, that uh, uh, Lynn posed for us. What are your sources for renewal? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in Facebook comments. Lots of people love the song. Um, Joe London, Perry Bider, Sue Smith, such expressive music. And Joe, uh, Joe says, uh, this, this is in fact music that uh, the, the chorus has sung the song before. Uh, uh, Mirka says, uh, we take a daily neighborhood walk, which has become really helpful in marking time with the changing seasons. Sue says, puttering in the garden takes me to a relaxed place. <clears throat> Perry says, I don't have a regular contemplative practice, but I think Lynn has convinced me to start one. Oh, that's wonderful. I too don't have a regular practice and I've been talking to myself to start one. Abby uh, says, what the season calls forth in me is a slowing down and preparation for a time of rest and contemplation. I mean, in theory, at least. Okay. So Jacobson says, wonderful platform and music. Walking the dog gets me out into the neighborhood every day. I've been living in my home now for about a year and a half. And, and I now, my day is clearly mapped out by the walks that all the dogs in the neighborhood take along with their, uh, their uh, owners. Uh, everyone has a pattern. There are three greyhounds that go by every morning and every afternoon, for example. And now I know the dogs and I even know the, the people who own them. <clears throat> Joe says singing and enjoying the beauty of nature are sources of renewal for me. Laura says, uh, I walk daily. Each day I seek something beautiful to stop and look at using my wholeness and speak gratitude to the universe for being and blessings. I think that's really important, the stopping and actually looking with your whole attention at something beautiful instead of just passing it by. Amazing. Uh, Laura Steele says, I, I have a meditation and a yoga practice, but some years back, I was feeling like meditation was a useless practice. Then my yoga teacher explained that our meditation is like the butterfly's wings or a stone's ripple. 
it adds up so much, uh, adds up to so much positive energy that just may change something in someone's heart. That's incredibly poetic. Vincent says silence. In silence, I'm able to hear the positive voice of my inner self. That positive voice renews me. Judy O says, lovely talk, Lynn. It touches on something I've been thinking about, which is our phrase during the ringing of the chime when we say, let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. I've become increasingly aware of how problematic that phrase is. I can feel compassion for all, but not hold their hurt. Barbara says, walking on the beach and listening to the sound of the waves and seagulls watching a sunset. We all have so many different sources of renewal and rest and rejuvenation. Shirley says, thanks, Lynn. Your platform reminds me that while I have said I have done nothing at West, I have done many things during COVID, just different ones, what takes me to a peaceful place is making art, cooking, sharing good food, and being with my daughter. What I have personally found incredibly renewing in my own life is just hanging out with my four-year-old grandson. It's been a great blessing that their family has been here in the DC area, having moved from, uh, from New York and have been here now for one and a half years. Fantastic opportunity to get to know this young person. Very renewing too. Vincent says, agrees with Barbara, walking on the beach, listening to the sound of the waves and seagulls, watching a sunset. Uh, Lynn says, Peter said something above, uh, about Jan Hus back in the Reformation. We are definitely going to have to come back to him. Sorry, I seem to have missed that one. <clears throat> okay, I'm sure the comments will keep rolling. And now um, perhaps we just move to, um, uh, to our uh, share the plate component of the, uh, of the platform. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and our gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's giving as they are able. This month, half of the offerings is dedicated to the Congregation Action Network, of which Wes is a member. The CAN Congregation Action Network is a network of faith communities in Washington, DC, and the Maryland and Virginia suburbs, acting in solidarity to end detention, deportation, profiling, and criminalization of immigrants and demanding and upholding justice dignity, safety, and family unity. On the slide uh, that you'll see shortly, uh, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection. Uh, the number is 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music.
Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, and guest musician, Seth Keibel, and Sean Lane, as well as our own West Chorus. Thank you to membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, slide artists, John and Abby Dakin, and tech host, Kate Lang. Thank you also to Robin Kravitz for communication support and for hosting the virtual coffee hour at the conclusion of this platform. And thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always, the, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and in support meetings and discussion groups. And we hope you'll join us again next Sunday, September 19, when interim leader Lynn Cox will, share, will lead a platform called Reimagining Community about slowing down and building relationships according to our values, even in the midst of a hurry up and wait kind of world. And a few things to look forward to at Wes. Uh, first, widening the anti-racism lens at West meets by Zoom uh, tomorrow night, Monday, September 13 at 7 p.m. This session is, not, is, is about restoration and reparations. These sessions are not anti-racism training, but they are opportunities for those familiar with work on anti-racism, anti-oppression and multiculturalism to go deeper and to apply those practices to help West dismantle white supremacy culture within our community. Please register for tomorrow's session on Sign Up Genius, uh, one of the Widening the Anti-Racism Lens team members will put that link in the chat. And uh, uh, next, the volunteer team that uh, supports staff in creating Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, or SEEK, will meet by Zoom this Tuesday, September 14th at 7 p.m. You can find the Zoom link on the West calendar. Uh, contact SEEK coordinator Ndara Miles for more information. 
Also, next uh, uh, sun Saturday, September 18th, from 1.30 to 2.30 in the afternoon, there will be a playground meetup for families with children in the third through fifth grades at WES. Siblings are, of course, welcome uh, with the understanding that this event is centered on children ages 8 through 12, uh, sorry, 8 through 11. Uh, this is a family event, not a drop-off. Masks will be required for children and adults at this outdoor event. Contact Sikh coordinator Ndara Miles at ndaram at ethicalsociety.org with any questions or to sign up. The Community Relations uh, Committee or CRC invites you to a Zoom workshop about dealing with conflict on Saturday, September 25th from 2.30 to 5.30 p.m. The session will be led by West members, Joe London and Mary Smith, and will be based on the work of the National Coalition Building Institute. If you have any questions, email crc at ethicalsociety.org. Or if you want to go directly to the sign-up sheet, check the latest edition of News and Notes for the link. Finally, West is gathering a team to assist in welcoming new neighbors coming in from Afghanistan. We'll be working with the Lutheran Social Services. Our team is waiting to hear from LSS about being matched with an Afghan family. So if you'd like to be involved, contact Kate Lang. She'll put her contact information in the chat. Um, since I went through that at rapid time, uh, no doubt you will want to uh, revisit some of this information. You can find the details for these and all other events on our website, calendar at https colon forward double slash ethicalsociety.org forward slash. Before we leave the community building updates section uh, of our platform, I'd like to, as Lynn mentioned at the beginning of the platform, I'd like to bring back Susan Runner from the Senior Leader Search Committee here with the update that was promised earlier. Over to Susan. Good morning. Yeah, you're probably tired of me now, but again, my name is Susan Runner, and I'm pleased to represent the Leader Search Committee that is heading up the search for Wes's next senior leader. As one of the ways we'll be keeping you updated on our progress, I'll be making brief monthly reports during platform. This month, I would like to spotlight the congregational survey linked in the email that every member should have received this week. We feel that the survey is a very important step in learning more about our community, who we are today, and where we would see, like to see ourselves going. So please return your survey as soon as possible and no later than Monday, September 20th. Information from the survey will help shape the West story presented to potential candidates. It will also help potential candidates know more about us and plan for the cottage meetings that we will have. Meetings will, on focus groups will be inviting you to later in the fall. Please stay tuned for more information on those exciting events. This is an important and exciting time for Wes, and I hope that you will all participate in this first step by filling out the survey. If you have not received the survey link, please let us know. You may email me at R-U-N-G-O-L-D-7 at gmail.com. And you can always send questions to the whole committee at search at ethicalsociety.org. 
We look forward to working with you and I look forward to complete, completing my uh, monthly or however often uh, updates to you. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We want this to be a completely uh, open process and we want your opinions. Thank you. Thank you, Susan, and thank you to the entire search committee for the amount, uh, incredible amount of work that they're putting in into this very, very important task for the community. Uh, for those uh, joining us live on Zoom or later on in the recording, thank you for being here with us. And now let's enjoy our closing song for the month, Everything Possible, performed by the West Choir. We've cleared off the table, the leftovers have stayed, washed the dishes and put them away. I told you a story, tucked you in tight, and at the end of your knockabout day, as the moon sets its to carry you to sleep.
I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go out into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, embracing possibility in our quest for a better world. Please join us for a virtual coffee hour by pointing your browser to tiny.cc forward slash West Coffee Hour. You can also find the link on the slide or in the chat. Uh, once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, uh, which you're welcome to drift in and out of uh, as you choose to greet different people. If you're new to our community, please do send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. And have a wonderful, great week. Thank you all. <laughs>